All right, so it's week two of the NFL Hour, and we have our full crew coming in today with us. I have Parlay Pete and Major Parlay today. But before I get to them, let's talk about practice. You know, Allen Iverson made the quote, the word practice, so, so significant in our culture. We're talking about practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. But here's the thing about practice. Practice makes permanent. Practice builds skills. Practice builds muscle memory. You need to practice in order to play the game. And if you've if you've not learned anything from Herm Edwards, you know you play to win the game. But in order to win the game, you actually have to practice playing. And in today's NFL, we're seeing less and less practice. Starters not playing in preseason. A lot of big-name players not practicing. Less off-season stuff. More players sitting out of the team off-season workouts. And I think it showed. You see that the Baltimore Ravens have lost, I don't know, four or five players to ACLs. You see that Aaron Rodgers looked like James Winston and James Winston looked like Aaron Rodgers. You see the Falcons. I still don't know if they showed up. I mean, they like it, it seemed like when they ran out of catfish at the game, it was the same time we ran out of offense. And that was before halftime. And I understand that you don't want to practice your guys too hard. You don't want to lose a player to a preseason injury to a game that doesn't count. But when you listen to a lot of the old school players, the Hall of Fame players, the Tony Gonzalez's of the world, the Shannon Sharps of the world, even Peyton Manning, um, Tom Brady, who's still at it. They want to get in the preseason just so they can get their feet wet a little bit, work out some timing, work out the kinks and stuff in a game-type environment before they're playing a full-speed game and expected to be them, their best selves. So when we think about avoiding the practice because we, all we care about the game, and this applies to us in life, preparation is so important. If you don't properly prepare yourself for the things that you have coming up, you're probably going to end up hurt. So let me bring in Parlay Pete, Major Parlay. What's up, guys? What's happening? Hey, hey, hey. It's good and to be back. Week two. Happy to have good you to guys be here, here for the first time. Yeah, let's let's introduce Major Parlay. He's our other co-host for uh, our football show on Thursdays. Glad to be here. Hopefully, man, better than last. Brutal, guys. What where do you want to begin with week one? Because it was one of the, I mean, what, 10 underdogs won this week? 10 underdogs, 12 on the spread. Yeah. And the, the overs went under and the unders went over. Simple and plain. <laughs> you can, and it's crazy. You, you really can't make this shit up, you know. Um, and I think that coming into week one, everybody knew we were going to get some surprises. It never fails. It's some, always going to happen. Some, some. Well, right. Okay. Keyword. So we didn't expect, you know, pretty much all the favorites to get. And then a lot of these favorites got ran off the field at that. You know, obviously the Falcons, obviously the Titans. Um, a couple of them got ran off the field. Oh, of course, Green Bay. Like, you know what I mean? Like there were a lot of teams that got ran off the field. And I think that it kind of goes back into how you just op uh, opened up the show, you know, Practice. None of these teams 
those guys didn't play. If you look at those teams that I just named, all three of those favorites that were blown out, um, two of them at home and then the other one in a really a de facto home game because there were more Packers fans in Jacksonville than there were Saints fans, and it was a Saints home game. So um, I think that the practice definitely is something that, you know, affected the game. I think that they did need some run in preseason. I mean, I get it. They're practicing hard. You know, they do those joint um, – Camps, you know, I think like the Falcons play the Dolphins. Um, I'm not sure who the other two play, but I know that typically, you know, they'll get together with the team on their preseason schedule and they'll play, you know, in practice with the ones. And um, I don't know. It just it was a weird week. Yeah, You know, it, it was a weird week. But somebody could counter and say, what about the Rams? They didn't practice. I mean, they didn't play in the preseason. And Matt Stafford looked like a damn – Hall of Famer. I would tell them that they played against Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that would be my answer to that. You know, it's just like shit. You don't have to practice against him. You know, plus Aaron Donald in the defense, they were they were going to hold it down. Raheem uh, Morris looked great out there. You know, being the DC probably made every Falcons fan wish that he was still here after what we saw. But <laughs> all right, so let's get into some big overreactions from Week One. Uh, uh, Major Parlay, let's go over to you first. Like, what's your what's one of your big overreactions from Week One? Overreaction as the biggest surprise. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing throwing the ball so badly that he could have thrown into the dirt every single play and had a better QBR. Uh, that was, I mean, he was reigning. He's reigning MVP, and now you're telling me that he could have hiked the ball every play and thrown into the dirt and did better than he did in Game One. It's just uh, that, that, that's 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 my biggest overreaction for sure. Do you think he's cooked? Uh, no, I wouldn't say he's cooked. Uh, I think any day Aaron Rodgers could turn up and do his thing. I, like I said, I don't think he knows how to play from behind, though. And uh, without any practice, those being his first reps at full speed, once they hit him in the mouth, he was just yeah, – he, he just sat down fantasy. in one fetal position. He was not on your fantasy team. He was not on my fantasy team. Nor was Aaron Jones. He didn't. Oh, I got raked through, through the coals this week. <laughs> Pi, what about one of your overreactions? Uh, I mean, I, he's spot on with that one. That was definitely one of mine, but uh, another one. And I guess because I got to see it in person, I knew it. I knew this was coming. I just don't. don't uh, uh, and and now it's actually not even about the Falcons. It's the Eagles. Don't drink the Kool-Aid of that. I think that that was a product of them playing a team that has had one of the worst defenses the past five years that everybody knows has a bad defense. And crazy enough, the defense played better than the offense. But uh, I think that it's an overreaction that, you know, is Jalen Hurts and and this young Eagles receiving core for real. Is Nick Sirianni the second coming of, um, you know, Sean McVay? Like, you know what I mean? All this crazy stuff that, that, that you were hearing about them. Because they did look impressive. I just think that it was a product of the opponent, honestly. Um, so I, I would say that the biggest overreaction is that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are for real. I still see them as a six-win team. All right, man. So I, I've been wrestling with some of my overreactions, but I think I want to go with um, – and this might not even be an overreaction. This might be real. Josh Allen turned into Josh Allen. The clock struck 12, and Josh Allen – <laughs> turn turn back into a 59% passer who can't hit the red side of a barn or throw the ball in the ocean. 
He's on my fantasy team, so it makes me <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can see where there's concern. Moving between the, the football team and the Giants, everybody's I, betting Washington. There's already like 73% of money on Washington. The line just moved to minus four. Just to throw Giants that. have more talent. But, uh, Giants the, the, Giants, the Giants are probably going to win because the public They're starting Taylor Heineke. Right. Well, and he played well against Brady in the playoffs. But back back to the Bills. Uh, I I I think that that is – I think it's an overreaction that, you know, that they're going to be bad. I don't think that that was, you know – uh, a loss that could define their season uh, or, or, you know, show as a trend. I mean, let's not forget the Steelers did have a top five defense last year and they did start the year 11 and 0. Like this was a good team, you know, and they basically retained pretty much the same players actually upgraded at certain positions. We know that they were like the worst 11 and 0 team in NFL history, but at the same time, you know, it's still a team that's got continuity all the way around. And that's, you know, something that teams like the Steelers, Packers uh, have always thrived on. They, you know, build through the draft, keep the same coaches, um, you know, ride with the same quarterbacks. It's a lot of continuity in those organizations. So I think that it was a little bit of an overreaction to think if Josh Allen's, you know, to quote you, back to being Josh Allen. All right. So here's another one. The Dallas Cowboys are a contender. Uh, yeah. I say that's an overreaction. They don't have a defense. You can't be a contender without a defense. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts, and I think that they've got the firepower to win those games. I definitely came away more impressed with the idea of them maybe winning that division. Yeah, I mean, I, that's not a good division, but you know I what I mean. The NFC, that's, that's up for grabs, so that's fair. It is, man, and and what's his name? Uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Hall of Famer, going down, and and the football team having to rely on Taylor Heineke. I just don't think that they're going to be as good. But here's one thing about the Washington football team: I kind of want to hit on a little bit. Maybe that defense isn't as good as we say they were. Maybe um, Chase Chase. Hang, what's his name? The DN. I'm going crazy here. Chase Young is yeah. is is not who we thought he was because um, when he was lined up against Sean Slater, he got no sacks, no hurries, and they ended up having to move him away from Slater, who was a rookie in his first game. And if you look at Chase Young's numbers last year, they weren't great. He just looked scary with his tattoos and his dreads, and he had an amazing career at Ohio State. I mean, pressures count. You can't you – can't, just because it's not a sack – it's not like he's not pressuring or hurrying the quarterback. So I'm not, I'm not counting Chase Young. And, and they held they held a team that, you know, I think people had a high expectations for coming into the season, you know. Um, and Justin Herbert is that guy, but, like, you know, he's getting crowned early. Like, a lot of people were saying, you know, this could be a special team that, um, you know, they're not going to win their division, but certainly, you know, in the mix for the wild card. And um, they still held them to 20 points. So let's, you know, with – a backup quarterback playing a majority of the game. I mean, and they only lost by four. True. I'm just throwing some stuff out here. So what about, uh, I think one of the, the most impressive teams of week one was the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray really dropped his nuts out there. Uh, he looked absolutely amazing. That pass rush was amazing from the Cardinals. Um, do we think that the Cardinals are for real, for real, or are the Colts frauds? Or again, is it just week one? It's just week one. It's just week one. We just we can't really even get a gauge on a team until after week four. 
we got to get through. Well, what that was traditionally twenty five percent of the season. Yeah, now it's I'm gonna be like twenty. I don't think uh, Julio and Tannehill had any rep, reps either. So no, they didn't. They had very few reps. Um, which is, I mean, why that was a shit storm. But speaking of them, Brable has some nerve to call out Julio for what for for that for that fifteen yard penalty. I I, I get that. It, it was a it wasn't a winning play. I got you, Mike Vrabel. But Julio has been an upstanding NFL player his entire career. He's not one of those guys. And for you to call him out like that week one, his first game with you, I, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, especially with Julio being a Falcon for so long, we've always got to see Julio here. Um, always been a consummate professional. I've also never really seen him do that shit either for I what mean, it's well, worth. What I would say, did, did Julio say anything about it? Because when you cost your team, that's going to piss the coach off regardless. So if you're not going to, if you're not going to take accountability for your own actions, who's who's to say the coach is wrong for letting you know? Like, hey, just in case you didn't think this was wrong, it's not how it goes. He didn't have to call him out in the media though. He could have did that shit in the locker room. And that's I just fair, feel like fair, fair point. That, that was a frustration of losing, getting your ass kicked by twenty five um, at home with that new toy going against a team that was coming from across the country. Yeah, I mean, everybody had one like You know what I mean? That was just frustration because now, they, now they've got to travel across the country and play Seattle, who Russ looked damn good. Damn good. I mean, he always starts this way, though, so. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's Russ at the beginning of the year. Uh, so about the Monday night game, uh, I enjoyed the Manning broadcast. I At the beginning of the game, it was kind of choppy. They were like forcing some of the jokes and stuff. You just could tell it was their first game together. But as the game progressed, man, I really enjoyed it. They brought in great guests. Uh, uh, who else? They had Charles Barkley in the first quarter. Perfect person to get to. Yeah, I mean, Barkley was great. Ray Lewis in the second quarter. And, and Ray was good because he brought like some defensive analysis because their, their analysis was heavy, heavy offense and describing some things that they would look at as quarterbacks. And Ray brought a little bit of balance. Then we get Kelsey in the third quarter, who didn't know who he was playing next week. And then they closed it off with Russ. And, and Russ actually hung out a little bit longer than he planned. He was watching them. And he, he finished all the way through uh, the overtime. And to have those three great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, although Eli shouldn't get in, to uh, talk in football, I think that it made me a smarter consumer of the sport. Uh, not to mention that the ESPN's three-man booth is just a, it's just ear scratching. I absolutely hate it. Uh, but I enjoyed the Manning telecast. Did y'all listen to it at all? Can't say I, I necessarily recall it personally. I, I was switching back and forth. Um, I know I know that it was an untraditional um, amount. Um, it was. I know that it was a. Uh, it was an un. Uh, unconventional way of kind of them having the game and their broadcast because of, you know, them being kind of at their house and stuff like that. Um, but I did enjoy it. I mean, it's the first family of football, basically, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we're talking about for what it's worth, the greatest, definitely the greatest regular season quarterback of all time and Peyton Manning. And then you got his brother who's two and zero against, you know, Mr. Super Bowl himself. And so in the big game, and um, I did like the idea of them bringing on the guests. Like I said, I love I, li- I like listening to Charles Barkley talk. I don't know why. I think because he's just so authentic. <laughs> like yeah. it's just so great to always hear him talk, especially to bring in a basketball guy for football too. I thought that was really cool. 
but I was still switching back and forth. You know, I would catch it. Um, I didn't listen to the whole Manning broadcast for the entire game, but I was checked tuning in because I knew that, you know, Peyton would be great behind the mic. Oh God. Peyton was amazing. He was throwing like little jabs at Brady. Every so often. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, and to that game though, Lamar Jackson fumbled three times. Was they, it three? Yeah, he had three fumbles, lost two. Um, you, you know, given that they lost their entire, like, running back stable, shout out to Jew, um, <laughs> <laughs> they looked better than I actually expected. Like, I, I thought they would win, but uh, some of those timing things were off with, you know, the pulls and the gives. And then also you could tell his receiving core just hadn't been healthy throughout training camp because there were some throws that he missed not because of a bad throw, but because he was expecting a receiver to like sit or a receiver to keep going. And, and they just weren't on the same page. And again, it goes back to where we started at that practice piece. Uh, but do you think the Ravens, you think the Ravens are, are going to bounce back from this or is Vegas actually a really good team? I just got to let major go first. Looks like he's over there thinking wheels are turning. Not allowed. I'm over here. I'm over here hammering the Giants. I was a little goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> no bullshit. But the question is, uh, was that was that a fluke, or do you, I think the Raiders Ra- Raiders are better than the Ravens? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that home field, that 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 crowd and that energy. I mean, they got Lil John in there, bro. They had they had numerous numerous celebrities. There's so many different residencies out there. I just think they had the, the crowd and the, the home environment lit. The commissioner was there. You got, you know what I'm saying, Lamar Jackson, who's a young kid essentially playing on the West Coast. There's also all those distractions in Vegas. They're very easy to get lost if you're not from there. Oh, man, Lamar, he hasn't been vaccinated, so he couldn't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> you can go. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> what you thinking, Paulie? I, I think uh... – you know, I think that, that that was a tough loss to take. I, I kind of saw them losing that game simply because, kind of like he said, NFL full crowds are back. First game in Vegas. Uh, the Raiders, Gruden, and Carr, they've got a lot of pressure on them to deliver something this year. You know, eight and eight's just not going to cut it. Um, and so I think that them playing the Ravens uh, in a big spot like Monday Night Football, it juiced the crowd up a lot more. It wasn't going to end, you know, I saw a lot of people when I was out there, you know, with their Ravens gear, but it didn't appear like it was that many in the crowd. And so um, I do think that that had something to do with it, but it was a semi choke job too. When you look at it, you know, once you, once Derek Carr throws that interception in overtime, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm getting the O-line, I'm getting the receiving court. I'm telling everybody, look, this game's either going to end in a tie or we're going to come down here and we're going to score these points. We're not giving the ball back to them would be the first thing I'd say. It was like six minutes left in overtime. They're not getting the ball back. They just fucked up. You know what I mean? We're about to run this clock. And, you know, of course, ironically, he's the one that fumbles. And so they got a tough matchup this week against Kansas City. I just – that's never a good matchup for them, in my opinion. I mean – uh, I mean, the Chiefs aren't a good matchup for anybody, really, in the NFL. But certainly, I know that uh, Patty's got uh, Lamar's number, too. So, 
It's going to be tough for them to dig it. 0-2 isn't as bad as everyone wants it to sound, but also if you look at it, there's like been like two teams that have ever won the Super Bowl after starting 0-2 because it is kind of a hole. You've got to win two in a row just to get to 500. And uh, I know that for them, they're in a division where they really can't afford to be taking L's like that because it's probably going to take 12 wins. You know, 12 wins wins that division. Um, and, and, and even being in the AFC, now you've lost to another AFC team that's, you know, going to be in that wild card hunt themselves this year. It just, you know, that could come back to bite them by week 17. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, we didn't touch the Rams game personally. I don't have too much to say about it because I was on the road, uh, while the game was on. Uh, do you have anything to add besides the fact that Matt, uh, Stafford just looks like a kid in a fucking candy store with Sean McVay? It's just like, I don't know if you heard his wife. His wife was like, yeah, Matt just seems much happier. He looked happier playing football than he has in like the last five or six years. He did. Years in Detroit, and then he goes to L.A. I mean, Yeah, no, he did. He looked a hell of a lot happier. You saw the way after he threw that first touchdown, the way that nigga skipped down the field. Like, <laughs> it was – he was clearly, you know, excited to be there. Um, they lived up to it. Even though the Bears' defense didn't look like the Bears' defense, you know, the past few years, which has been a really good unit, you know. Um, they lost their best corner. Yeah, well, but you know, we're talking about Cam Akers was out too for the Rams. They look, they looked good. They looked apart. They looked like the Super Bowl contender that many people believe that they are. Now, do I think that Bears aren't play? I know they made the playoffs last year, but they're not a playoff team. Especially it was Andy Dalton. With Dalton. It was Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, so. Um, well, did you I, see in the highlights how happy the players were when when Fields threw the touchdown? They're necessarily a playoff team with Fields either. He's just—he's got more—he's got more potential than Dalton. He might as well start somewhere. I mean, I don't even know why Dalton's still in the league. If we're being honest, like he's not. There, there are people he, that he's better than, but he—he he should not be a week one starter on any type of team no. for any coach who wants to retain their job. <laughs> Unemployment season. But hey, let's get into our week two preview. Um, so. To start off with the week two preview, who who's going 0-2? My two teams right now are the Bills and the Ravens. Those are the two teams I see going 0-2. I think the Ravens, that's the chalk pick because they got the Chiefs. But I, I say the Bills go 0-2 because they got the Dolphins. Josh Allen turned back into Josh Allen. And, you know, I, I am high on the Dolphins winning the AFC East this year. Not a bad call. Um you know, two up. I think it's you know it's always going to contend on the quarterback. And with a guy like two up, we we know that he doesn't necessarily do anything particularly well. Um, you know, he doesn't have a strong arm. He's not. He's mobile, but he's not mobile. Mobile. You know, he's basically really a game manager. Honestly, this isn't a guy that's going to go out there and win you games. In my you know, in my opinion, but. They've got a strong enough core kind of around him. I like I like Miles Gaskins a lot. Um, you know, you drafted Waddle. You're getting Will Fuller back this week. You already had Devontae Parker. I got Gasicki on my uh, fantasy team. He had a solid year last year, even though he didn't do dog shit on uh, Sunday. No catches. Gave me a big donut. Um, so hopefully he goes off this week. And then the defense is pretty good with a guy like Flores as the coach. I mean – I thought it was impressive to to get that win. Um, 
in New England, even if it was against a rookie quarterback. But we just know that New England put so much money into that team this year that you expected them to kind of come out and look a little bit better. And, you know, Bill eats up young quarterbacks. So two of being less than a full season starter going and beating Belichick, that, that's something. On the road. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, who parlay major parlay? You got anybody going 0 and 2 that's unexpected? Unexpected, okay, unexpected, unexpected. Well, I, I'm gonna get with you on the Bills then. And uh, other than that, I don't know. I think the Vikings are expected to go 0 and 2. I think the Titans are expected to go 0 and 2. I got one, I got a team that's expected to go 0 and 2 that I don't think is gonna go 0 and 2. Who's that? The Atlanta Falcons. Just, just write it down. I don't want to talk about it. Just write it down. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> I like that. That got me excited. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what he's sipping on over there. Um, and maybe I just need to come by and get some a little bit later because I cannot, even as a fan, I would love to see that happen. You know, One, it, Falcons, Falcons, they owe Tom Brady something. It's the it's the least expected outcome, and if, if this week is anything like last week, book it. Hey, here's here's the argument for it, right? So that game was on in the one o'clock slot. Um, uh, I know on the West Coast, I talked to some friends on the West Coast, and that's the game that they were watching. We get embarrassed. We're like the, one of the worst looking teams in the league week one, and grown men don't like being embarrassed. Usually, teams to get blown out and they get talked about, they usually come back the next week and they win. Falcons plus ten and a half. Take it. Is it has it lowered to that? Yeah. Is, is it twelve? The last time I checked, it was twelve and a half. Wow. Sorry. So yeah, people Falcons are definitely twelve and a half. I, well, and I oh, love them at fourteen. And just watching I, the Washington spread run away. It's gone from minus one one seventy five or started all the way to minus two ten. They're minus two ten. They're gonna lose. I'm telling you, bro. I, I, I locked I lock my Giants bet in at plus 155. I think I'm about, to, I'm about to probably upload and put some money in here and see if I can get something out of that. I like the over two in that game. All right. So, you know, I talked about the 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 ooh, Ravens going 0-2, but do you think there's a chance for Lamar to uh, finally beat Patrick Mahomes in a game? And if so, what does that game look like? Parlay Pete? It, it looks like Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over, something he doesn't do very often. Um, you know, they 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 changed up that offensive line. They got him some guys in there, Pro Bowler, uh, forgot his name from New England. They got Blythe from the Rams, who's been a pretty solid starter. They added these guys because everybody saw in the Super Bowl what the issue was. So it would have to be something similar to that, and then Lamar is going to have to ball the fuck out because – you know, he didn't really do that last week. And so um, then they're going to have the advantage of having that crowd noise. Baltimore's got great fans. You know what I mean? So um, it would look something like that. It's going to have to be Patrick Mahomes on his back, you know? That game is in Baltimore. Yeah, man. I, I don't. I don't um, see them winning, but I, I think that's what it would look like. Uh, I mean, they got to get their, their their stuff together on defense, though. Like, you cannot zero blitz every single big third down. Like, I get it the first two times it works, but 
eventually, like no one's Patrick Mahomes is gonna look at he's gonna look at Tyreek Hill. He's just gonna do this, he's gonna give him the peace sign, and everybody gonna know what's happening. 80 yards later, touchdown 14 0. Well, and if they take a page out of the Raiders book, I mean, obviously they were force feeding Darren Waller. That was um, disgusting to watch. That was really just literally like they were. The fact they couldn't stop it was also kind of disgusting. Well, now you get now you get Travis Kelsey. Yeah, exactly. Which so, um, you know, it. I in what universe? I don't know, but I don't see it happening. I think that they're I, a bona fide on two team. Yeah, I just can't see you going cover zero with Patrick. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like, no, you you're gonna need to double somewhere. That that blitzing, I mean, yeah, you blitz to try to 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 cover, I mean to rush the passer, but I don't I just don't see it happening. Jesus Christ, get your words together. So does Aaron Rodgers bounce back against the Lions or do the the knee biting lines of Detroit keep that offensive momentum going that they built up this past week despite losing? For the sake of uh the people in Green Bay's mental health, Aaron Rodgers needs to back bounce back for his own mental health too. Seriously. Yeah, they're, they're going to bounce back. Uh, they set this up. You know, they set the schedule up because the thing is, I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen in that Saints game, but there was a chance that they could have lost, you know, especially before the hurricane hit New Orleans. Um, the thought is Saints got a great crowd too, and as much as it pains me to say it as a Falcons fan, they've got the best fans in the NFL, in my opinion. I've been to, you know, a lot of stadiums, got to see – a lot of shit. I think that the Saints have the best fans in the NFL. So you add that in. So the thought was it wasn't that surprising that they lost. I think it was surprising they got blown out, of course. But um, they'll bounce back. They set the schedule up to where these guys get why, – why are they playing the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football? Come on now. They're setting this up for this guy to have a fucking air raid. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be a fucking air raid. Aaron Jones, he's going to get his numbers too. You know what I mean? Everybody going to get a piece. Man, I hope so for the sake of fantasy. I, I'm just looking at the schedule this week, and it's kind of a down week, man. I, I mean, we got in the 1 o'clock window, we got Bills, Dolphins. It should be a good game. Maybe Rams and Colts. I don't know if the Colts are good. And, and, let me see. We also got Raiders, Steelers. Well, I, like that one. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that game. I want to see if the Steelers are for real, and I want to see if the Raiders are for real. So I think that's a great matchup. You got the Raiders playing across the country. Away, Steelers should win, but if the Raiders win that one, you know they're for real. And the Steelers should be able to run the ball and get Najee Harris going because despite Baltimore's turnovers, they still had like 189 yards rushing for the game. So it's not like they didn't run the ball. Man, what if the Texans come out, the Texans, the Houston professional Texans come out and give the Browns a run for their money? Don't count on it. <laughs> I don't count. I, I, I wouldn't. Because to me, the Browns aren't going to start 0-2 either. And, you know, if they do, let's give let's give David Culley some credit. And Tyrod Taylor, obviously, who just – I think I saw you post something um, about Tyrod and kind of just the unfortunate breaks that this guy has had for like the last seven years. Yeah, man. Um, and, you know, if they do, good for them. I don't see it happening. But let's give David Culley and Tyrod Taylor the credit then. I mean – are the Falcons and Buccaneers the Fox game of the week this week? Are, are we are we the game of the week on Fox this week, this week against the uh, Bucks? 
It's a good question. I mean, I know it's a four o'clock game. I guess I'd have to look at the four o'clock slate. I think that oh. the, the, that Seahawks game isn't Sunday night, is it? No, it's 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 on CBS though. Seahawks Titans uh-huh. on CBS. So I think it's us because it's either us and the Buccaneers or the Vikings versus the Cardinals. I don't think Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins are getting the game of the week slot over uh Tom Brady Matt Ryan rematch. I've been seeing them BS articles all week about oh, does the Super Bowl 28 to 3 have anything to do going into this matchup against Tom Brady? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't have shit to do with it. Um oh. I, I'm certainly gonna be tuning in as of right now. I plan on going <laughs> to the game. Um yeah. I'm kind of trying to finalize that now, but I actually plan on going to that game just because I've never been to Tampa before. So oh man, it's great. Ebor City was a great time, either. let me tell you. I like Tampa. I'm gonna have to slip off down there pretty soon again. And it's a it's a steak restaurant I've heard a lot about down there too. Um it's got like one of the best wine lists or something like that. I don't know. I think it's called Burns. I think that's what it was called. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to possibly getting down there and getting a good steak and seeing a Falcons upset, or at least definitely a Falcons cover. All right, man. So, speaking of upsets and covers, let's get to our week one report card. So, last week we had Parlay Pete six-pack, and we're going to start with our NFL six-pack. We had Browns versus Chiefs under. How did we do there, Parlay Pete? Uh, we lost. They scored a touchdown. Just all those goddamn turnovers. Uh, yeah. That Mahomes, that Mahomes and Tyreek Hill 10-second pass, that really – that started the train that blew that under. Green Bay on the money line. Tennessee money line and the over. Minnesota minus three and the Falcons and Eagles over. So uh, The only one that had a chance was the Minnesota minus three. The rest of those were – I mean, and of course, the overs in those games could have had a chance, but because the team that I picked on the money line didn't, you know, Man. didn't do shit, you know, it was it it wasn't going to get to go over, and so uh, it was a rough week. I don't think I've ever went over seven. That was or that was over six. But when you look at the stats, can you, I don't think you can blame yourself because there's literally you can you can't expect ten upsets. I was 16 in a week. That's lit. I mean, it's no, you can't. It's super counterintuitive. It, it, it's, it was suggested Vegas has no idea what they're doing. Like Vegas has some rookies right in the lines this week, but I actually think the opposite. I think Vegas knows exactly what they're doing. I think some of these lines are sucker lines, and this week I'm going against them for that reason. All right, man. So speaking of which, let's get to our week two bets. Um, I'm looking at the slate right here. Are you all ready for the week two bets? Because I think that's what everybody come here, comes here for anyways. We're about as prepared as we can be. I'm looking at it right now, trying to put something together here. So I, I'm just looking here, and we're going to get to some college football as well because we did much better on the college football picks. Uh, well, we went three for three. We went three and three on the football pick. So, I mean, that's 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 500. So we're batting yeah. 500 in college. A little bit easier to kind of do. Like, I think I even said it last week that Georgia minus 23. I just it just made no sense to me. It made absolutely no sense. Huh. Even and oh, shout out to Stetson Bennett for redeeming himself for half a season last year. Uh, and 
let's 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 give a no shout out to the Georgia fans. They were booing him when he got on, and you don't do that. I don't know why they would do that, knowing that they were going to kick UAB's ass. I get it. He sucked dick last year. He was a big part of the reason why you know they couldn't make that national championship or playoff push. And I don't know. And that's why I'm so glad he came out there and balled out too. Uh, tied, tied the school record, or he, or he got the school record for most touchdown passes in a game by Georgia quarterback with five. My and again, he sat the whole fourth quarter. Like, if, if he's on the field at this point, why are we booing him? It's a brand new season. We're playing UAB. It's not like he threw six picks, pulled a Nathan Peterman against against Georgia Tech after an undefeated season, and we're like, what? We just lost to Tech. Right. It's like we're it's UAB. We're gonna win. Y'all, y'all got that six pack ready? Or do I need to keep talking? Oh no, no I, I'm ready. I'm, Just I'm, let I'm, Major I'm, Parlay go. Yeah, I, first. I always got some. I always got some best ready. All right, let's so, hear Major uh, Parlay's picks. What I'm gonna start with is basically picks that you you wouldn't expect or you would it would be popular to go against. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do more or less uh, a couple counterintuitive. You guys already know I got the Giants on the money line, and that's. I'm a Washington football team fan. I'm just watching this line run away. And after going off the first week and spending a couple dollars, just betting the numbers, really. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers, they got the Chargers favored at minus 180. And I, I feel like that's people are definitely overreacting to how good the Cowboys played against the Buccaneers. And I feel like people should be all over this Cowboys line at plus 155 plus three and a half, you would expect the Cowboys to win this game flat out because the Chargers didn't show you anything that makes you, you know what I'm saying, I can't even think about anything the Chargers did. Well, warrant them even being minus 180 against the Cowboys coming off a game where they did look good. But this is – I'll say this is is an odd line to me. I'm just going to point these lines out and say that this line is odd. And not saying that you should necessarily bet against it, but I'm, I'm trying my luck betting against some of these odd lines this week. So do I believe that I should take the Chargers minus 180 in a perfect world? No, but I'm going to take the Chargers minus 180 on that money line. Um, I believe uh, this uh, – I think everybody's got the Bills dialed up money line, Bills dialed up minus three and a half. I'm not as confident in Miami taking the whole game, but I do see at least an upset on the spread. <clears throat> and then uh, the last one I have here is the Chicago Bears – I think the Bengals played a great game against the Vikings, and I think everybody's going to be dialing up the Bengals on this one. I think the public's going to be all over the underdog Bengals, and I think the Bears are going to somehow, some way come through. So I don't know how many that was. That might have been four. You can, throw the, you can throw the Falcons plus 12 and a half on there. That's a lot. Because, I mean, I think the Falcons will come through money line. But you can throw them 12 and a half on there. All right, so we got major parlays picks. Are we ready for parlay Pete six-pack? We are. I've got it right here. Um, all right, I'm going to kick off with uh, my favorite line of the week, and that's the Green Bay Packers minus 11. Um, I do expect them to fully come out and whip their ass. And then let's not forget the 49ers were up 38 to 10 in the third quarter on the Lions, and they cut, they let them backdoor cover at that. If you got, if you got, if you got the final, yeah, if you had you got, the you got, Kelsey, you got they, Kelsey on the hands team fumbling a ball, yeah, and. Um, the Lions ended up uh, backdoor covering, but I don't see that happening in Green Bay on Monday night. Aaron Rodgers thrives in big games um, on, in these type of settings. And so, uh, especially against the Detroit Lions, come on now. 
Um, so let me let me take that Packers minus eleven. Uh, next game, I love this Titans Seahawks over fifty four. The Titans are going to score some more points. They're going to score some more points, and I expect Russ to come out there slinging that rock against that terrible defense. Um, I love that over fifty four. I think that it it's a great bet, especially at the minus one ten. It's not like it's one of those minus one twenty five bets. It's pretty good value there. Uh, third game. Um, I love the Falcons. And even though the line has went down, I'm going to still run with it. I would buy the point and a half. I, I originally was going to get it at 14 and a half, but now that's impossible unless I do an alternative spread. Um, so just going straight off what Vegas has right now, I'll still take the Falcons to cover that plus 12 and a half. I think that they're going to look a lot better than what we saw. Um, and even if you just kind of go off of what happened last year, they were beating the shit out of the Bucs uh, in the game here. They were up 17 points, and in true Falcons fashion, they blew the lead. And so uh, they were handedly beating them, and then the very next week gave Kansas City all they could handle. Um, Young Way Koo missing a uh, you know potential t- to send the thing into overtime, and uh, AJ Terrell, AJ dropping, Terrell the dropping the interception that would have sealed the game in general. Yeah. So, And then the following week after that, played Tampa again, were tied up at halftime, and then got – blown out in the second half but you know those are the two Super Bowl uh representatives last year and the Falcons played them pretty well with what's pretty much the same cast of guys back I expect them to cover that number um I'm with JP on this too I love the Cowboys money line I just don't see a world where Justin Herbert um comes out and they outscore the Cowboys I just don't see it happening that way from an on-paper standpoint um, you know, you look at Tampa's D, some people thought Tampa had one of the best defenses in the NFL. They were lighting them up. And Dak is, in fact, back. I can say that with JP's uh, uh, fantasy trade, that there was some value, even though Patrick Mahomes had the highest quarterback total, too, in week one. You know, but whatever there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't playing the number one defense, but you got it. He's playing uh, some guy. Look, he wasn't he playing the coming one off defense. the defense. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he wasn't playing number two, three, four, five. He wasn't playing the number one defense. Dak, Dak looked good. Hammer the I love that's probably my favorite money line of the week, which is why it's on here. But let me just say I went the I went the opposite of you on that one. I'm not gonna interrupt your six pack, but I, I just because I think everybody's gonna hammer that. Why that 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 that's that's the that's the free candy on the van right there, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> sometimes telling sometimes you. I just got to be proven wrong. You know, I I'll be hard headed about it. You um, specifically said I you specifically said I can't see a world in which Justin Herbert comes out blah blah blah, right? But could you see a world in which Aaron Rodgers comes out week one and has a a, a better passer rating, spiking the ball every play? No, but, and, I'm just and saying. You, I'm just putting but, in perspective for you. But I'm looking. But, but look at it this way. That was probably Aaron Rodgers' worst game of his career, too. Which is even more reason why they're going to steam the lines this week. Like, you know, because he heard the talk and he had to address it. I think he blamed one of those interceptions on him getting hit in the nuts or something like that. But <laughs> he did. That's that's I what know, he said. Um, but anyways, still, love the Cowboys in that spot. Uh, Zeke didn't even get loose against the Bucks. I mean, so he's going to have to break through eventually unless Zeke's done. But I like Tony Pollard anyways, that guy. Well, they, they got to commit to the run and actually call running plays so Zeke can get his his motor going. Yeah, what did he get, like six carries? If that was under 10, this was ridiculous. It felt like Tony Pollard definitely had more yards than him and was getting just better usage, more positive yards every time he touched the ball. Um, 
Next. I do like the – oh, I'm going to let you finish. Because I was oh. the over in that Dallas Cowboys-Chargers game. It's crazy. What it's is 55, it? 55, but it's got to go over. Who's playing defense? Not the Cowboys. James. Um, but, no, next in my uh, six-pack, give me the uh, – and I love this pick, too. Give me the under 50 in the 49ers-Eagles game. I just – I don't see the points getting scored there. Um San Francisco coming from the West Coast to go to Philly. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to come back down to earth, so he's not going to be torching uh, Nick Bosa. You know, he's not going to be evading these guys. Um, The Eagles are going to probably try and establish the run because I don't believe they're going to have too much success throwing the ball on them Um, and vice versa. We know that Kyle Shanahan loves to open up his offense through running the ball. I mean, that's what – Sets him up, and even though he doesn't have Mostert now, um, Trey yeah. Sermon, baby. Well, Elijah Mitchell, you know that, which is so crazy. I don't think Trey's their guy. I, that clear. I think that Elijah Mitchell definitely is their guy. They were both. I didn't realize he was a rookie, and he was drafted in the sixth round. And they healthy scratched uh, Trey Sermon. That's a bad sign to me. But either way, love the under there. Um, see something like at best, you know, twenty four, twenty one ish, maybe. Uh, and then uh, for the final beer in this six pack, give me the Buffalo Bills. I'm drinking it. I, 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 I'm a roll with Bills Mafia going to Miami, covering that minus three and a half. Um, I think it's great value. I, I don't think that Josh Allen um, is the Josh Allen we saw against Pittsburgh. Um, and I think that, you know, he's going to go down there and he's going to ball out. And the, their running game, for what it's worth, their running game looked a little bit better too. Indeed, it did. So, just to recap, for major parlays picks, we got Giants money line, Chargers money line, Miami plus three and a half, the Bears money line, Falcons plus 12 and a half, and the over in the Cowboys and Chargers game. Sounds like a nice six to me. Major parlays picks. Parlay Pete six pack. Green Bay minus 11. Titans, Seahawks over 54. Falcons plus 12 and a half. Yep. Cowboys money line. Under and the 49ers versus the Eagles game. And the Bills minus three and a half. Under 50. Yeah, under 50. Under 50. 49ers, Eagles, and Bills minus three and a half to cover against the Dolphins. You got it. I'm saying that most of my picks are counterintuitive, but last week, most of my picks were, were very similar with uh, Parlay Pete, and our six-pack did go 0 for 6, right? So with intentions of winning, all right, I'm, I'm being a little counter. I'm seeing where I messed up last weekend. Last week, I think that, that that Titans versus Cardinals line was – that was a sucker line when you think about it. They're getting Julio Jones, all this stuff. Line never moved. They kept it right there. It moved at the very end with, some, with a lot of Cardinals money, at the very end. But mostly that line stayed the same. Same with the Green Bay line. I thought that once – they determined Aaron Rodgers was going to say that line should have went. Like when I got that plus three Saints locked in earlier, like I had that locked in when Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play. And I was like, yeah, I got that locked in in time. Whole situation changed. Line didn't change. Some of the stuff I'm just, I don't know if Vegas knows something we don't or what it is, but a lot of my bets are counterintuitive. I'll just say that. So here's how I look at it. I don't think they can start judging us until week four, week five, once the season gets once the season settles down, because Vegas doesn't have this thing figured out yet. So when you got 10 underdogs winning, <laughs> that doesn't make Vegas happy. So we, we, 
it, it, it takes time. Well, when when most of the money's on the favorite, maybe it does. Because if you start to look at the handles of these games, uh, the Titans handle was over ninety percent. Green Bay's handle was over ninety percent. Like you got handles where it's all all the public's going one way. So how does Vegas win? Because the public sucks. San Francisco, San Francisco spreads my favorite one. Public was all over that minus eight and a half. And you're telling me in two minutes, the two-minute backdoor cover, two touchdowns, an onside kick, and a two-point conversion in a two-minute drill. That is right. Outside of Madden and even in Madden, man. Even man, you gotta be playing rookie Madden for that to happen. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Kittles fumbling the ball. That's the one that that's the person that fumbles the ball to. I mean, it's just it, you can't make it up. No. Nah. Literally, literally. I mean or can't. All right, so we got a little bit of time left. Uh, Pierce, let's talk about our Falcons because kickoff is at what eight twenty? I believe so. Are, are they doing it? They're streaming it again. Uh, the world's going to be on Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon Prime. I have no idea. I yeah, I'm know. currently like I'm. I can't even find the pregame on the TV. Kind of upset. I'm not looking too hard. All right, man. So Parley, Pete, and I we went to the Falcons game because we have like signed our life over to them by buying these season tickets. Uh, we're we're real fans. <laughs> um, nobody, and, nobody can say that we don't have that we have commitment issues. We are committed. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, all in. <laughs> so if I love you, <laughs> that means I'm here for you, baby. But anyways, so we go to the game and high. I won't say high expectations. Yeah, I'll say I had higher. I had a high expectations for our offense. Didn't know to think about our defense. And um, I was like, Arthur Smith, we're going to get the running game going. We're going to, like, abuse him with Kyle Pitts, and Calvin really is going to pick up where he left off. Matt Ryan still has a little juice left in the tank. He's obviously on the, he's obviously on the down end of the, of, of the prime, but he's still, he's still Derek Carr level, right? And first two drives, we stall, and I go, same old Falcon shit. But then you were you were like, you know what? But they are moving the ball pretty easy. And the run game definitely looked really good in the first quarter. Cordell Patterson's our best running back, number 84. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Mike Davis on my fantasy team, former um, Stevenson Jaguar. Shout out to Stevenson. Um, you also got Matt Ryan on there. <laughs> and I've got Matt Ryan. Correct. So the thought is with Matt Ryan. No commitment Ryan, issues. With, well, the thought is with Matt Ryan and, and Mike Davis – Every touchdown is going to be mine because either Matt's going to throw it or Mike's going to run it in. But what if they don't score them? And how many touchdowns were there yeah. last week? You lose in fantasy. <laughs> that's, that's what the hell happens. Uh, you lose in fantasy. I, let me just you know, kind of look at this one way. I remember the first drive when we got down there. I think it was either the two or the three. One of them was the two-yard line. The other was the three. Get down there. The first thing uh, – my brother Justice says to me, "Is where's Kyle Pitts?" And, you know, I looked out. I said, "No, I said the Pitts has got out there." And then I'm looking. I'm like, "No, he's not out there." So it's like, okay, it's first down, no Pitts. All right. Then we 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 do this bullshit throw to the flats to Mike. Day. I just didn't understand. I'm just like, man, what? Why, why aren't we throwing the ball? And Calvin really was pretty good about getting in the end zone too um, last year and the year before that because obviously Julio doesn't score touchdowns, right? So. Calvin's kind of good, and granted, he's going to get that number one attention now, but it's like, okay, no Kyle Pitts. Then second down, no Kyle Pitts. Then third down, no Kyle Pitts, and it's just like, is he hurt? You know what I mean? Like, what, 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 
what did we draft him for? Why why do we why do why does the the social media team hype up this guy has the longest wingspan in NFL history? Like you know what I mean? Like he's six six. He's a fucking gazelle. Runs a fucking four four flat. Like you know what I mean? And nowhere to be found. I, I'm starting to think we were already regret regret not take, taking Justin Fields because either Kyle Pitts wasn't doing what he was expected to do in training camp, or he's hurt. Because I, you would regularly look on the field and not see him. You would see Hayden Hurst. Oh, yeah, Hayden Hurst is here. I regularly would see Hayden Hurst. I, I, I didn't see much Kyle Pitts at all. He was on the field 68% of the snaps. He, that needs to change. He needs to be on the field pretty much every play <laughs> except for um, punt. Punt. And, um, you know, if we're trying to get a one-yard play, even though he did pick up a one-yard play. Here's the thing. We still need him on the field because you want that threat of him as a, as a pass catcher. Right. And, and and I'm not sure how great of a blocker he is. But I'm just saying, like, in that type of scenario, let's say it's second and one and you're going to run the power, you know, a, a power run with Davis or something. No, nah, we're going to run that on, on third and eight. Which they like, picked I, up. They fucking picked up one, too. Did you, you, you remember Cordell Patterson? Yeah. They ran a ball on, like, third and nine, and he picked up the first and then some. It's crazy. It was just really confusing um, because – uh, full disclosure, I did not watch the Titans every single week, you know. Um, there were just usually better games for me to watch. So I just couldn't get a feel for Arthur Smith's play calling at all throughout the game. Like, it, it re- a lot of it just didn't make sense. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, our longest completed pass was a 19-yard pass. I don't remember Matt Ryan throwing a deep ball all game. He didn't. There were no deep balls. And I was just, you know, the, the entire time I'm kind of sitting there, I'm like, okay. We got the running game cooking on these first two drives. When are we going to do this deep ball play action pass that that Arthur Smith was pretty much known for? Because that's how Tannehill was getting a lot of his uh, mm-hmm. stats, you know, playing off Derrick Henry on the play action. And I understand Mike Davis isn't half the running back that Derrick Henry is, but you know, you got the you got the running game going. I just I never understood why they didn't do it, and I wasn't sure if you know. Are these all strictly play calls by him? Is Matt changing? What's going on? You know what I mean? It just was kind of confusing from that standpoint. And then, of course, uh, which I kind of said before we got on air, after the Falcons' first two drives, they had 10 drives after that. They totaled 77 yards. Are you kidding me? Matt was less than five yards per play. And, 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 And I think that out of those 10, six of them were three and out. Like, Bro, it was it was a hard watch. It was ugly. It was a hard watch. It was really hard to watch, man. I, Arthur, you just got to get it together, dude. Like, we could have kept Raheem. We could have drafted Justin Fields. If you're gonna come out here and lay eggs on offense, you're supposed to be an offensive coach. Uh, I get it. First game as a head coach. Maybe there's some jitters there. OC. I think it's his, it's his first game as a play caller. Maybe there's some jitters there, but. I mean, we thought there's some people who thought we we're going to be a 10 11 win team. And, and right now we're looking like a 10 11 loss team. Yeah. Both. Uh, there were people who thought you guys were going to win 10 or 11 games. Cousin, Cousin Sal and Bill Simmons both believe, thought, Cousin Sal said 12 wins. He thought yeah. they could win 11 or 12 games. And Bill Simmons took the over on the seven and a half and thought that they would be a playoff team. Yeah. And so Cowherd puts in the playoffs too. And people listen to their bets. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he switched his, on the day before the season started and said, give me the Falcons nine and eight in second place in that division and, and battling for that last uh, wild card. So 
you know, it's just the Falcons being the Falcons, man. I, I don't know why I let them do this to me, but <laughs> but <laughs> Bro, I do. You didn't have a you didn't have a three and a half hour drive back to Albany, just like, oh, this is what we did. But hey, let's uh let's close out with a little bit of college football talk. Cause are you gonna have, you got a college football six pack ready? I do. I most I, definitely do. I got, and, I got nothing for you on the college football, and, man. I'm, hey, I don't blame you. I don't bet on those kids either. Yeah, I'm just gonna let it be known that I lost fifteen hundred dollars last week on Purdue or not Purdue. Sorry, uh, Notre Dame first half. I mean, versus Toledo. I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm not touching the college football. You you, you definitely got to wait to the mid mid season into into the playoffs <laughs> for college for college football, man, because it's just so hit and miss. So. Big week, big week in college football. You got Ohio State getting upset by Oregon. I think Oregon is showing Oregon. Um, who is that? Utah and UCLA are trying to bring the Pac-12 back to prominence with the way they've built their teams through the trenches, like an SEC team. You have um, Florida State getting ups, upset by Jacksonville State, and we thought Florida State was back. Yeah, right. That shit was unreal. And then we that got was- Stark. We got Sark getting his introduction to SEC football and getting his ass kicked. Oh man, we better we better watch out for him because he might need to uh, learn from his lessons. Uh, put the bottle down, Sark. <laughs> <laughs> so man, I I still don't have a, a good grasp of what college football is going to look like this year. Um, I mean, Georgia looks like we're going to be good, but t- we'll see. Uh, Clemson, I don't know what they are yet with DJ. Alabama looks like Alabama, but are they really going to go back to back? And <laughs> that's where the money—that's where the money should go. If you're if you're betting on anyone in college football, it's got to be them. And I mean, we got Ohio State who who blew one. What happens if Penn State comes out this week and beats Auburn convincingly and makes a push for the Big Ten? I I don't know, but I think the most important college football story is um, the USC vacancy because clay hilton got the fuck up out of here should have been fired that guy should have been fired like two years ago bro if they fire him last year they have urban meyer right now because he was in la at the time like and, and he doesn't have to go down to jacksonville and ruin trevor lawrence's uh first three years in the nfl well and not to mention <laughs> god so harsh uh not to, not, mention, for the big leagues. not to mention who was urban working with uh out there in la on fox who's he working with bob stoops no, 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 Matt Leiter, Reggie Bush. Sorry, Bob exactly. his job. he he would have perfect. He would have fit in perfectly and would have been right there. Um, and then I know because I know that you're kind of leaning towards this. And then we got to get into who we think can take the job. And the man that replaced Urban Meyer on that set, Bob Stoops, would be the perfect fit for USC. They're getting a name coach, a guy that's won a national championship with. Super! I didn't even realize how consistent he was. You know that, it, like in a like eighteen year span, or it was like sixteen or seventeen year span that that man won twelve Big Twelve titles. Like that's unheard of. That's unbelievable when you really look at it. And at first, I was kind of saying, you know, he's kind of like Mark Rick, but with a national championship. No, he's a hell of a lot better than Mark Rick. Mark Rick only won two SEC titles in his time in Georgia. Stoops would be the perfect fit. He's not too old. He's an older school coach, but if you're trying to get a name that is out there that's not, you know, on another team, I think that they should go with Stoops. I, I like being me. And I know I got some pushback in the group text, but here's why I like being me. 
he brings that NFL flair to USC. And I'm stealing some of this from Cal Hurd. What did Pete? What was Pete Carroll? You know, he, he he's the NFL guy. Um, Kyle Gessel. He can he can I I don't think he have any problems recruiting just from like what he's what he's he's a south he's a south he's a Southern California guy. He's coached Patrick Mahomes, and I'll, as long as he builds the right staff, he can go to USD and be there as long as he wants to. And then if he wants to go to the league from there, he can pick his job because one of the things about the NFL is it's hard to get a good NFL job. It's hard to get a good NFL owner when, especially for these black coaches, you know, like you go to a tire fire with a crazy owner and a GM who's going to get fired a year after they hire you. So then a new GM is going to come in and be ready to fire you for the quickest thing. And they don't give you time to turn around the place. You get to USC, they're going to give you three years to bring your people in, build up the program. And once you got your guys, once you got that factory moving, you're there as long as you want to be there. USC yeah. is better than over half of the NFL jobs, if we're being honest. You're going to get the same pay. You got the appeal of Southern California to get those recruits. And like I said, if you if you have a, a top recruiter on your staff, you're there forever. Pete left. Why? Because of the, the, the sanctions and stuff. Not because he couldn't he couldn't win. It's just like Saban. Once you get that factory moving, Chip Kelly, once you get that factory moving, it's just wash, wash, rinse, and repeat. In the name of USC, people are going to want to go there while they're good. Yeah, and I think that they would want to get it back to looking like it did, you know, in that run with Bush and Leinart, uh, you know, Carson Palmer, too, a little bit before them, you know, where Snoop Dogg is on the sidelines. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing, you know – it looked like a Lakers game almost. And so um, I think it's definitely a terrific job because these jobs don't open up like that. You know what I mean? Um, your Ohio State, because when we're talking brands in college football, there's like five that are just no matter what they are, always going to be a brand. USC is one of them. And so, um, like you said, from a location standpoint, it's not a college town. You're in Tinseltown. You know, you're uh, – you're with LeBron, AD, and Russ. You know, you you've got you got all these other winners kind of around you. And you know LeBron has no problem. You know LeBron has no problem pitching his pitching his trailer to a a a, a bandwagon college team. And yep. come on, Drake, Drake in a in a USC jersey on the sidelines. He probably got one waiting. So you know, they say James Franklin's a candidate. If you listen to his interview. It sounds like he's not. He's not saying that he won't. Either that, or Penn State's going to have to pay him again. They got to, you know, give him more money to stay. Brian Kelly, maybe. I think he likes the the Notre Dame job is one of those jobs too. And you know, I'd rather live in California than South Bend, but it is still Notre Dame, and um, you know, the, the 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 luxury that they have is that they're not in a conference either. You know. So that job, that job, I don't know. The Notre Dame job is a special job. I've never been. Brian, I've Brian never been. But from, from what Justice told me, he he went to uh, a game because one of his buddies played at Notre Dame. He said it's crazy, you know, it's crazy just being up there. The allure of of Notre Dame, and obviously they've got high academic standards. I don't think I don't think Kelly would leave. I don't know. You got anything here, Major Parlay? On the man, college sports, not a not college football. All right, y'all. So thanks for this show. Nothing good I'm, to say about Notre Dame. 
either. <laughs> We're missing one thing before we sign off. Let me give what you the six off? pack. Sorry, I love to make butt of hardball. Oh, yeah, let me get your college football six-pack before I go on my Cam Newton rant. All right, this one is piping hot, boys. Um, give me the Alabama first quarter spread, minus three and a half. Easy money against Florida. They're going to blow doors on them. Florida is not good. Emory Jones is not good. They're just not on the same field as Alabama. And I get it. It's going to be in the swamp. You know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, gator clapping. It's going to be all gator bait. But they're going to get that ass tore into to start that game. And certainly, I think three and a half is more than a reasonable number to lay. And after the Miami game, they had Alabama by six and a half against Miami in week one. And I took it, beat the shit out of them in that. I think they were up 14 nothing or something like that. I don't see a scenario where Alabama doesn't score a touchdown and Florida can't score a touchdown. (laughs) Alabama, at, at a minimum, will get seven. And at a max, Florida gets three. That still covers. Give it to me. I'll take that three and a half. Um, another one, easy money, first quarter. Give me Clemson, minus seven against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech lost at home against Northern Illinois. This is Clemson's first real game since the Georgia game because I don't know who they played last week, and I don't think anyone does. So, But they beat the hell out of them because it was, you know, it was a game that they paid for. They paid them to whoop that ass. They finally get their ACC schedule uh, kicked off. Give me that minus seven. At worst, it'll be a push. At worst. But give me the minus seven. Uh, next game. I, I know that uh, Texas uh, is on a lot of people's shit list after what they did last week. But they're playing Rice, for Christ's sake. And they changed the quarterback, which they should have been starting this kid from the get-go. I don't know why Sark didn't start him because he's the guy that closed out for Ellinger last year and looked great in the bowl game. He looked electric. That guy can play. Plus, he came in against Arkansas and scored two touchdowns once they did put him in. Give me Texas on minus 26 against Rice. Next one, another big spread. Just not a believer in Nebraska after what they did to me in week one. I just couldn't fucking believe that they couldn't beat Illinois. I just, it just, it really did blow my mind. Give me Oklahoma minus 22 and a half against Nebraska. I think that Spence is going to get out there. He's going to be playing a little pitch and catch. Um, and they're going to want to make a statement against their old Big 12 rival. Uh, next one, give me the under in the Auburn at Penn State game. They've got it set at 53. This is going to be a defensive war. Neither of these teams scream points. Um, and I just don't see a scenario where Bo Nix is just slinging on Penn State. Penn State's going to have the whiteout going. This is like their first whiteout in a minute, obviously, because they didn't have fans last year. Crowd's going to be electric. Give me that under 53. And then my final one, I'm hopping right back on the bandwagon. They're just going to have to prove me wrong. Purdue at Notre Dame. Give me Notre Dame minus six and a half. I believe that they're going to cover that spread and win by a touchdown at home against Purdue. Purdue is known for boilermakers and engineers, not fucking football teams. Notre Dame, football is what they're known for. I expect uh, them to bounce back after having a scare last week against Toledo, and they should cover that with ease. All right, so just to recap, for Parlay Pete's college football six-pack, we got Alabama minus three and a half first quarter. Clemson, minus seven, first quarter. Texas to cover, minus, minus 26. 20. Yep. Oklahoma to cover, minus 22 and a half. Auburn versus Penn State, under 53. And Notre Dame to cover at minus six and a half. Yep, and that's at plus 5,000 odds, guys. So you do the math. 100 bucks gets you five grand. Good buttons. 
All right, man. Thank you guys so much. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll recap in the group text. I'll clip the videos and have them ready to run uh, tomorrow morning. For sure. It was a pleasure. All right, dog. I'll see y'all. Always a pleasure. I appreciate it again. No problem. All right. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about here, man, is Cam Newton's interview. Uh, I know I'm about a week late, but hey, this is when I record football. So uh, this is where we're talking about it. So Cam Newton came out on his YouTube channel and had uh, his, his Keep It Funky Fridays or something like that. It was he and his father discussing um, some stuff that he had going on. And I really appreciated what Cam had to say. It was nice to hear him uh, speak his truth and kind of provide an explanation on some of the things that happened. Uh, I think he was very honest with us, and I thought it showed a side of Cam that not many people get to see. You got to see he, him and his father just, you know, kick it and have a conversation that they would likely have off camera. And that's where the issue comes. It was on camera. And when you have these conversations on camera, you you broadcast them to the world. And I'm all about being authentic to who you are and being unapologetically yourself. But I also understand the risks that come with that if you want to work in a given industry. And again, Cam himself was very professional. He, he, he didn't say anything bad, anything negative about the Patriots, the Patriots experience. You know, he talked about kind of understanding that they were, you know, giving the reins to Mac. It was just slowly but surely. Uh, he explained the whole COVID miscommunication. It really wasn't a miscommunication. They just allowed him to go do that. And what happened happened because they think they, because they already had their mind made up. And for Cam to come out and say, hey, who I was in that locker room, uh, my presence, my aura being something that could um, stunt Mac Jones's growth, it's real. I believe that. And I think it's true. And I'm happy that he said that because let's just keep it funky. We're keeping it funky on Friday. We're going to keep it funky that, that, that Mac Jones didn't need that in his life if he wanted to take over and be the leader of the Patriots. But let's get to the issues. Let's get to the Cam's father um, kind of, you know, taking shots at the Patriots for how they handled it. And, you know, you, you have parents and parents have opinions. Parents care about their kids. Uh, but let's be real. Parents aren't always objective. And I think this was the failure here by Cam's father by not being objective. And again, what does he have to lose in this? Not much. And do I think they did anything wrong? No, not per se, but understand who you're talking to. And I remember listening to uh, Colin Cowherd, and they talked about this this past Friday. Um, and he, <coughs> he was like, uh, I don't like that. And here's the thing. I, I don't really care if Colin likes it or not. He, he's not a decision maker. But he fits the demographic of the decision makers in the NFL. So I am inclined to believe that if he's not a fan of something like that, the, the owners and the GMs aren't a fan of something like that. Uh, the question becomes, well, Cam, are you and your dad going to call us out when, when, you leave from, when you leave from our organization if it doesn't work out? And sometimes I think that people have good intentions, but the, their, their methods aren't always the best. And so I'm like, Cam, be careful. If you want to play here now. Same thing I said with Kaepernick. If you want to play in this league, you uh, you have to understand that you, you can't bite the hand that may feed you. Now, if you, 
I don't know your pockets. I, I, I don't know where your passion lies. You, you say you're better than – there's not 32 quarterbacks better than you. I believe that. I believe that you were going to be a much improved quarterback this year, another year removed from your surgery. The, I, the preseason doesn't do you justice because you can't, you're can't. you not a running threat in the preseason. So I, I hope that Cam gets a call. I hope that, you know, Ron Rivera gets comes to his senses and say, hey, Cam, come on back. But if Cam doesn't get a call, I, I honestly won't be shocked. I won't be surprised because, I mean – you called out your not you your dad called out one of the best organizations in football and i think this conversation was very appropriate uh i even some of the racial undertones involved and i thought they were very appropriate and i was happy that some of that stuff came out because i think those conversations need to happen so like i say big baby the goat loves it but somebody who wants to see cam play football again I'm like, eh, I don't know if I would do that. But again, I'm not Cam. He's not me. So best of luck to Cam. I hope to see you on a Sunday in a few weeks. We out of here. We